This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert. Good morning and welcome to the Black and Blue Report. You are on with Bree and Cassie and we are coming at you from the Smoothie King Center this morning. It's been a chilly morning at that. I don't know, Cassie, I know we were just talking about being in our heavy winter jackets. <laughs> it's pathetic. <laughs> it's like 60 degrees outside and I'm freezing. I know. It's like I roll over in bed and I'm like, it's cold. I'm just going to cancel today. Snooze. Like, Try yeah. again tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a little warmer. I don't know. Although, like we were talking about before, it's one of the perks of when your football team plays indoors, mm-hmm. and tonight's Clippers-Pelicans game also indoors, so there's really no excuse. Weather is not a factor. True. No matter the weather on Sunday, we'll have that Detroit Lions-Saints kickoff at 12 at the Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Yeah, game day coming up. I'm excited. We are coming off of an amazing win last week against the Rams, and hopefully we can keep that momentum going on into Sunday's game going up against first in the NFC North. The Lions are 7-4. and They've shown a little bit of improvement in their defense, but they've also been going up against like offenses that are kind of meh. So going up against Drew Brees being number one in the, in the league should be a good challenge for them and hopefully will come out on top. Yeah, that Lions roster is very healthy. Every active player on the roster is on their practice field in Wednesday's session. So they're really peaking right now. And like you said, they have faced some lesser offenses. They did face the number two ranked offense in the um, Redskins a few weeks ago. But both teams have had a lot of drama this season. So the Saints have had eight games decided by seven points or less. But they haven't really had the same success in closing out those games that the Lions have. And that's kind of reflected in the differences in their record. The Lions are at seven and four atop of the NFC North, and the Saints five and six, two games back from the Falcons. So, the Saints haven't been able to close out those fourth quarter close games that the Lions have. So, New Orleans has a three and five record in those one score games, two thrilling wins, four heartbreaking losses, and that's the difference in the seasons right there. Right. I mean, it could be a really close game. Just looking at the Lions' record as well, they've been every game has been decided by a touchdown or less. So. Yeah. It could be one of those games where we can't make mistakes, got to get special teams, keep that up and going, and keep the penalties down low so that we're not going up against ourselves. Special teams is another place the Lions have done really well. Their kicker won his third career conference special teams player of the month award this month. He's tied for an NFC North best eight made field goals and led the NFC with six 40-yard field goals in November. He's three for three on game-winning field goals with less than two minutes remaining in the game. So he <laughs> has really been the difference for them, and that's some an area that the Saints have kind of struggled with special teams this season, punt returns, kicks. So that'll be interesting. Really should be a really close game. Both Matthew Stafford and Drew Brees, obviously really top quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So we're expecting an offensive show out on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And later on in the show today, we're going to talk to Tim Twentyman from DetroitLions.com and get his insight a little bit on the Detroit Lions matchup coming up on Sunday. Let's flip the script a little bit and talk Pelicans because it is Pelicans game day. 
woo woo. Um, Pelicans are taking on the L.A. Clippers tonight in the Smoothie King Center. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock p.m., and the Clippers are coming off of a win last night against the Cavaliers, 113-94. to So hopefully they're a little bit tired. Yeah, they're actually wrapping up an 11-day, six-game road streak right now. They've been in Dallas, Detroit, Indiana, Brooklyn, Cleveland, and now New Orleans. <laughs> that's over 6,000 miles on that trip. So that's the third longest trip of their season in terms of distance. And since October 30th, the Clippers have played 18 games in 32 days. So the Clippers team that's coming into New Orleans tonight is a tired team. They've been resting players. They may rest players again tonight. Um, Blake Griffin has been playing super well for them. J.J. Redick had 23 points in last night's game. He actually owns the NBA's longest active streak for three-pointers made in consecutive games. So he's a huge offensive spark for them. Should be really interesting. They're the only team in the NBA that ranks in the top five in offensive rating and defensive rating so far this season. So they came out really, really strong at the beginning of the season, but they faltered the last few games. So before last night, they were on a three-game losing streak. So they're at 15-5 and five now, so they obviously had a really hot start. But this is the kind of the part of the season where after so many games and such a tight stretch, they might be tired, might be choose to rest guys tonight. So... Right, and hopefully the fact that we've won five straight games since Drew Holiday's return will come into play, keeping that team together. I, I mean, AD even said that they're a whole other team once Drew's on the court. So hopefully we can keep that momentum going. St- we started 0-8. You know, now we're 7-12. and We've won by an average of 11 points since Drew Holiday has been back. Um, so I think it'll be a good game. Ooh, and... It's also Star Wars night. It is. <laughs> Which, okay, I'm not a big Star Wars fan. Oh, I am. I'm huge. Really? Because yeah. I've never even watched one. Don't, oh, come don't, on. Don't get mad at me. No. Oh, come on. They're great movies. That's your homework before next week. Bree's going to go watch all the Daniel's Star Wars movies. telling me he's not one either. Oh, come on. Okay, well, I love them. They're great movies. Um, we have some fun social media stuff planned for the game tonight, so definitely look out for that. Come in costume. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of characters around. I'm just saying you want to look out for that yeah so that'll be a lot of fun I'm really excited because I'm a huge Star Wars nerd so well I just like it I love theme nights like any theme thing I'll get so into it plus I know the dancers are going to be dressed up and they're doing one of the I choreographed it so I know I speak really highly about it but <laughs> it's a Star Wars themed dance and I know it was a huge hit last year so they're bringing it back again this year for Star Wars night and I'm really excited I'll be in the building watching so <laughs> definitely a lot to look forward to with that game tonight. We also have coming up, we're going to hear from Jeanette Downing, who did a collaboration with the Pelicans and Audubon Nature Institute for a fun children's book called Petit Pierre and the Floating Marsh about the need for coastal restoration. And we have our ours truly, Pierre the Pelican, in there. So. <laughs> nice. And then, of course, we have Sean Kelly's interview with Coach Alvin Gentry last night from the Alvin Gentry Show. So we'll play a little clip of that as well coming up on today's show. Ah, the family tradition of driving around the neighborhood looking at holiday lights. Oh, there's Mr. Miller's house, but the curtains are open. Mr. Miller is vacuuming in his underpants. <laughs> and now your kids have a lot of questions. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans when Chris Paul and the L.A. Clippers return to New Orleans Friday, December 2nd. Pelicans Fest begins pregame at 5.30. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. 
the energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackey, Seven Wars Soldier, Drew Brees' disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It's Cassie and Bree, and we're joined by Tim Twentyman, Detroit's senior writer and insider. Tim, thanks for joining us this morning. No problem. How are you? We're doing great. So let's get right to it. Matthew Stafford leads NFL seven fourth quarter comebacks this season. Ten since the start of 2015. He's been touted as an MVP candidate this season. Bree spoke highly of his talent this week. We've seen him scramble and move more often this season. What's inspired that and what's allowed him to do that more this year? Yeah, you know, I think he's he's utilized that as a weapon. Um, you know, I, I think he's doing a much better job of reading defenses, taking care of the football. And when he's seeing that, that you know, man coverage with, with backs turned to him, you know, he's realizing, hey, you know, I can get out, um, get some get some yards with my legs. This isn't a team that, that especially runs the ball very well. So if he can help them in that regard, he's taking full advantage of it. And I think the, the important thing, too, is he's been smart with it, too. You know, he's sliding. He's, he's not taking unnecessary hits, but he's making plays, especially on third down, to help this team just finding another way where, where you know, he can help move the football. So he's been a great offensive weapon for the team, but Detroit still ranks 26 in total offense, 19th in scoring. Why is that? Well, I think part of the problem really has been, you know, an inconsistent run game. That's been one. And then, you know, I think they've really struggled on early downs. They've been in too many, you know, second long, third and long situations. And as you guys know, those are hard to convert in this league. And and it's led to really a ton of three and outs. 25% of the Lions drives this year have ended in three and out. And that's been a real problem. They go through long stretches of inconsistency, and then for some reason they pick it up in the fourth quarter, can move the football, and get themselves in a position to win. But you know, Jim Bob Cooter is certainly looking for more consistency, you know, on that side of the football earlier in games and earlier in downs. So, what are or who are some of the strengths for the Lions that the Saints need to look out for this Sunday? Well, I think one of the things with the Lions is it makes them so tough to defend on defense is that they've got so many weapons on offense. Now, they've been stale at times, but when they're humming, they've got five guys that could potentially catch 50 passes this year. That puts a lot of pressure on the defense, and you know it's not just from their wide receiver position. Eric Ebron, their tight end, is in line to catch 50 passes, and so is running back Theo Riddick, who led the NFL last year with 80 catches. And so when, defensively, you've got three receivers who have all had big performances, big games, and then you've got a tight end who can make plays and a running back out of the backfield. That puts a lot of pressure on defenses, and you just have to be sound. Somebody's going to get that one-on-one matchup with Detroit, and it's up to the Saints and, and, and their defense to you know, make a tackle, 
you know, don't let a guy, you know, break a tackle and get loose. That's what's benefited Detroit this year. They've been able to find those matchups, and Matthew Stafford has been very good at, at, at kind of getting those one-on-ones and taking advantage of it. So both the Saints and the Lions have had some really high drama, close games at the end this season. The Lions, on the other hand, have been able to close those games out while the Saints haven't. Would you attribute that to Matthew Stafford? Well, I think I'd attribute to all three phases, really. It, uh, it hasn't just been Matthew Stafford. You look at Matt Prater, who was just named the NFC um, Special Teams Player of the Month. He you know, had a 58-yard field goal to tie it a couple weeks ago in, in, uh, in Minnesota. And then last week, he had a game-tying and game-winning field goal in the final two minutes of the game um, to beat Minnesota here on Thanksgiving. And look, defensively, Darius Slay has had an interception to, to ice a game. Raphael Bush, who you guys know well over there in, um, in New Orleans, he had an interception um, to, to clinch out a game. So I think it's been all three phases that have really played a part late in games, and uh, that's why the Lions have been able to come back and win seven of the games, even though they've trailed in the fourth quarter of every single game this year, which is really an amazing statistic. We're on with Tim Twentyman from DetroitLions.com. Switching gears over to the defense a little bit, your defense has been steadily improving over the course of the season, but they've also been up against some more mediocre offenses. Um, They're going up against Drew Brees and the number one offense in football. Do you think Sunday's matchup will be a big test of the defense's recent progress? It'll be a very big task. I've talked to a lot of uh, defenders that have said that, that very thing. This is a true test. They're using this as a measuring stick game. You're right. You know they they haven't allowed more than 20 points their last five games, but those have been against Minnesota, Jacksonville. Um, you know, not teams that you consider you know offensive juggernauts like they'll face with New Orleans here this week. And um, they just are, are treating this game as, as a measuring stick. And they have to. They have two big goals. One, tackle. They don't care if Drew Brees completes passes in front of them. Come up, tackle, and don't let anything behind them. That's where Detroit's been very good on defense. They've given up yards. They've given up a lot of completions, but they haven't given up a ton of big plays. That's the key going into this one for them. Yeah, and the Saints obviously like creating those big plays on offense, (laughs) but the Lions are coming into really getting healthy this part in the season. There's a couple of players whose status was unclear going into this week. Do you have any updates on whether the team's planning on activating Armonte Bryant? What's Brandon Pettigrew's status as well? Yeah, I'd be a little surprised if they didn't activate Armonte Bryant. He's got three sacks in the four games he's played. He's coming off that that three-game suspension. But, you know, I think he's a key part of their defensive end rotation. I would expect them at some point this week um, to activate him unless there's something in terms of – you know his his game shape or something like that that's not ready yet uh Brandon Pettigrew I talked to him earlier in the week he wanted to play he's still kind of working himself back off pup he hasn't really done anything since last year when he tore his ACL so again it's game shape with him we'll have to kind of see where that goes you know later today and Saturday and I would not at this point expect DeAndre Levy to make his return since week one he's been limited all week and and I think the Lions are going to really have to see him go be a full participant in practice before he plays The Saints and the Lions will be meeting up for the third consecutive season on Sunday with the Lions coming out on top in the previous two matchups. What would be some of the major differences between this year's Lions team and previous years? 
Well, I think they take care of the football. You know, only five interceptions for Matthew Stafford this year. I think that's been a big key to this team. And then, as we've talked about, they're opportunistic. If you make a mistake, uh, the Lions have been in the right spot to kind of take advantage of that, whether that's you know, a key interception, a, a, you know, a fumble, or an interception return for a touchdown. They make plays off people's mistakes, and, and if the New Orleans uh, makes a mistake, I think that's where this team has been able to take advantage of it. Thank you so much for your time again this morning, Tim, and safe travels to New Orleans this weekend. All right, thanks. We'll see you uh, Sunday. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. This holiday season, give the gift of New Orleans Pelicans basketball to that special sports fan in your life. The Pelicans Holiday Plan, presented by Tomino's, lets you pick four games to stick under the tree. Guarantee great seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA. Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free medium one-topping pizza from Domino's. Visit pelicans.com to check another name off that holiday shopping list today. Tim and Faith, the biggest tour in the history of country music, returns. Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Soul to Soul World Tour 2017. Friday, April 7th, Smoothie King Center. Two superstars. One amazing night. Faith Hill. Tim McGraw. Friday, April 7th, Smoothie King Center. Soul to Soul World Tour. Tickets are on sale now. Online at Ticketmaster.com. It's your love. Produced by Messina Touring Group and AEG Live. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Last night was Coach Gentry's Coaches Show, and we're going to hear a little bit from Sean Kelly's interview with Coach Gentry. Coach Gentry, I thought we'd start off on a serious note tonight. Um, After watching Brandon Ingram the other night and then seeing the Indiana Hoosiers last night, I can't help but wonder if the short shorts are trying to make their way back into basketball. Well, I sure hope not. I sure hope not, but... uh... Yeah, those guys did have on the, the short shorts. But, uh, you know, he's so tall and lanky that I'm not sure if they were supposed to be short shorts. But he's going to be a heck of a basketball player. There's no doubt about it. Coach, thinking back to that time, I mean, 
that nobody ever thought until the Fab Five with the baggy shorts, and that trend's lasted this long. <laughs> Things don't change in this game all that much, do they? Uh, no, they don't. And, uh, yeah, I, I think – and everybody said the Fab Five, but I'm not sure if Michael didn't have the baggy pants before anybody had them. True, so, true. Uh, and if I'm going to give credit to anybody, I'll give it to Michael Jordan, anything that has to do with basketball. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the shorts got a little bit too big for a while there. But, you know, I'm not sure if we're ready for the, the, the short shorts. If you remember the Lakers a few years back, uh, all of them wore them for a half and then they changed back to their regular shorts. Yeah, I think, yeah. Anyway, I thought it would be funny just to bring it up with you because you and I both remember back, well, when it looked like that. Um, speaking of style and personality, Coach, you know, a month now into the season, and I know you've had pieces come in and out already, but is your team developing a personality yet? Well, I think so. You know, uh, the, the one thing that I think I'm really proud of is that, you know, the defense has improved tremendously. So, uh, you know, we went from 28th uh, last year, and right now we ranked 10th, and uh, that's the kind of jump that you need. And now what we have to do is that we have to have the offense catch up with the defense because offensively uh, we've struggled some uh, from a pace standpoint and then just getting the ball in the basket. So if we can get those to kind of coincide, uh, then I feel good about where we can go. Five wins in a row now at home. Coach, early in the season you said that's something that this team has to be better at. They seem to have responded to that. Well, we have. And, you know, it's really important, uh, you know, especially after the way we started at home this season. You know, trying to make up those games on the road that you lose at home, uh, uh, it's not an easy thing to do. So you have to have an, a, an advantage when you're playing in your building. Uh, I think we got great fans. You know, they're very supportive, and we just got to step up and play good basketball at home, and we've done that the last few weeks. All the floors, Coach, are 94 by 50. The rims are still 10 feet off the floor. Is it a mindset then or is it an attitude as far as being successful at home as opposed to a road mindset? How do you, how do you view it? Well, a lot of it is mindset, and I think that's why you see the really good teams in this league uh, continue to play exceptionally well on the road as well. Uh, but, you know, for, for, for most teams in this league, it's very difficult. And, and, and really, in all honesty, I think if you take all the four major pro sports, probably basketball, winning on the road is probably the toughest thing to do. Let me ask you about Anthony Davis here in the first segment, because sometimes I, I don't ask you about – something so special because it's almost becoming normal and I don't want it to become normal you know each game he'll he'll approach 30 points and I think that's a big deal and then all of a sudden I go oh well he's at his average <laughs> yeah I don't want it to be home ho-hum and I'm sure you don't see it that way either no I don't he's a special player and I think everybody out here knows that he's a real special player and the thing I like best about him is that you know he's a very humble kid and uh, his goal in life is to win basketball games and if he had to get seven points to do it or if he had to get, you know, 37 to do it, uh, that's what he's out there doing. And I think that's why, you know, uh, uh, his teammates uh, just embrace him so much as, as their leader and, and, you know, the leading scorer and everything that happens with our team uh, because he knows that, uh, that, that they know that he has their back. And I think that's important. I don't throw this around lightly. Um, is he unguardable at this point? Well, I wouldn't go that far because I think, you know, anytime you can double or triple team a guy and take him out of his game. But, you know, I like his chances with most guys one-on-one. -on -one. You know, he's played against some of the really good defenders in this league and had very good games against them. You know, to me, uh, other than Kawhi Leonard, obviously Draymond Green is probably as good a defender as there is, and he's the one that have guarded him, and he's had some success against Draymond Green. 
kind of mentioned multiple defenders. Is it, are you seeing that more and more and more now in how teams are trying to slow him down? That may, maybe not necessarily stop him. Well, I think anytime you're a scorer like that, uh, you know they're going to double, triple team, or try to get the ball out of your hand. So that's not unusual at all uh, to know that teams are doing that. And I think for him, uh, the choice is going to be. Uh, uh, you know, making the right decision, or making the right basketball decision, and then other guys are going to have to step up and knock down shots. As far as the way that he plays with his teammates, and now that Drew Holiday is back in this mix, Coach, is there a difference in the way that, say, Tim Frazier works with Anthony Davis as opposed to maybe the way Drew Holiday works with Anthony Davis? No, I, I, well, I think you have your, you know, the, the things that you like to do. Uh, those guys that happen to be uh, pretty much the same thing as far as screen and roll with – with AD on the on the on the uh, left side of the floor, mm-hmm. uh, I think they've been very effective. Both of them have been very effective uh, uh, doing things that out of out of that nature or that nature where you just feel comfortable in a certain set. And uh, and and so both of those guys, I think it hadn't been anything that uh, that has had to change with with Tim's game or with AD's game or with Drew's game. You know, I think it all just kind of meshes together. Coach, before we talk about uh, these next couple of games coming up, I did want to ask you uh, some more about the supporting cast members, your observations on a couple of guys, starting maybe with Omer Ashik and, and, and how he's played here recently. I really enjoyed watching him play against the Lakers the other night. Well, I, I think Omer's had a, a, a good year. I think he's had a very good year. Uh, you know, I think last year was not one of his better years, and I think he'll be the first to tell you that. But I think uh, conditioning-wise, he came back in great shape. Um, I think he's playing really good basketball for us. A lot of the things that the, the, probably the, the, the average fan would not recognize and see, but he's been pretty much an anchor to our defense, uh, has rebounded the ball well, has very much improved his free throw shooting. So I think all of those things right there, I think that it's been a good positive for him this season. What have you learned about Anthony Brown? I know he's been playing a little bit more for you. Well, he, he's just a young guy. I think he's potentially going to be a good player in this league, but he's in the process of really trying to find himself and where he fits in and, and uh, you know, can he get comfortable playing minutes and things like that, which, you know, we all expect it right away. But, you know, he's a, he's a, a, a young guy that has, you know, good NBA talent, and, you know, we want to see if we can bring it out of him. Is he um... – is he struggling because he's playing catch-up coach, or is it just a matter of lack of, of experience because of his age? I think he's playing catch-up. You know, he just we just picked him up, and, you know, he wasn't in training camp. He wasn't in the preseason, didn't have an opportunity to play. And so everything that he does now is trying to, to, trying to be from a situation of catching up to where all the other guys are. But I do think potentially he could be a very good player in this league. These next three, Coach, whew, gosh, Clippers on Friday, Oklahoma City on Sunday, and Memphis on Monday. I know you'll take it one game at a time, but let's just start with tomorrow night. Do you Are you eager to see your team against Los Angeles, a team that you know um, can measure you a little bit? Uh, I am. I mean, obviously, this is a team that has, uh, you know, great toughness. They got very athletic guys, you know, especially in their front court in DeAndre Jordan and obviously Blake Griffin, everyone knows. Uh they got to me, you know, arguably the most competitive player in the league in Chris Paul. You know, after coaching him for a season and being around him, you know, you could almost argue that he's the most competitive guy in the league. Uh, and not only that, he's, he's, a great, he's a great player on top of all of that. So uh, it's a tremendous challenge. You know, for us it all comes down to, you know, not turning the ball over, 
and then executing uh, our offense, uh, uh, you know, not 50%, but more like 99% that we're going to have to execute and be on cue. Coach, forgive me if you find this to be kind of a ridiculous question, but, you know, they're playing the Cavaliers tonight. Do you ever find yourself saying, man, I hope they, I hope they win this game and come here feeling good? Do you hope, you know – do you care what what, the, what a team does the night before? You know, I would say I used to, but uh, now I don't because I've found out that uh, you can win a, win a game by 25 and lose it the next by, night by 30 in this league. It's just the way things are. So, I mean, obviously I think they'll be uh, uh, fired up. I'm, I'm very interested in watching that Cavalier game tonight because I think it's going to be an unbelievably competitive game. And you got two coaches going at each other. I was with Doc when uh, Ty Lue was with them and – you know, you always want to try to beat your mentor and a guy that, uh, you know, kind of taught you so you can uh, make him feel good about the fact that he taught you well. <laughs> um, it, when, you, when it comes to uh, play, like your situation tomorrow night where you'll, you'll have practice today, you're not playing tonight, they'll play tonight. Do, do you think that, that the team has an advantage uh, in any way in, in that whole sit and wait for the guy coming in on a back-to-back? I, I maybe later in the year, you know, but I don't think so this early in the season. Uh, I think it's kind of typical of what all teams in this league do. And, you know, you can not have a day uh, and play a back-to-back and play a great game, or you can sit there for two days sometime and play uh, a terrible game. So I think at this stage right now where you're 20 games into the season or so, uh, I don't see that as a, a, an advantage or a disadvantage. We're on Sunday we're going to see Russell Westbrook in the Thunder. Uh, Coach, I can't help but marvel at these numbers that Russell Westbrook is putting up right now. Uh, as you are uh, an aficionado of the history of the game, this this doesn't seem normal watching him put up triple doubles left and right and basically carrying the load for those guys. No, and I think anytime anyone starts to compare you to Oscar Robinson and talks about the numbers that Oscar Robinson have and what you're putting up, uh, I mean, it's an unbelievable honor. I had the, I had the honor of coaching – you know, uh, Russell in the All-Star game, the, the game that he got 43 in, really only five below the all-time uh, uh, honors of scoring in an All-Star game by Will Chamberlain. I think he had 48. But uh, he's the type of kid that when he gets it going and he's locked in and 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 he's just such a great athlete that uh, it's a very tough cover. Who? <laughs> how do you cover a guy like him? It can't be on one guy's shoulder. I think you got to – uh, have everyone sprint back, and I think uh, he's got to see six sets of eyes. I mean, you know, uh, three sets of eyes. He's got to see six eyes right on him uh, when he's coming back because if not, he's going to go. And having six eyes on him doesn't guarantee the fact that he won't try to challenge that either. So just a tremendous player, and I, I, I love the grit that he plays with. I love the chip on the shoulder that he plays with. Um, you know, one of the truly great, great players, and I, I think that – you know, he should be a guy if they continue successfully winning games that, uh, you know, you have to at least mention him in the MVP race. Let me wrap all the way back around at the start of our conversation to end here tonight, Coach. Uh, I talked to Drew Holiday after your win against the Lakers the other night, and I think on two different occasions he talked about a blue-collar effort. And it seems watching you coach them and then them respond to you right now, uh, that that might be the way to go with this group. You, did you would you like hearing him say that? I guess. Yeah, I, I mean that's who we are. You know, we we don't make any bones about it, and I think it's an honor 
to say that we got blue-collar players because, you know, to me, uh, if you're going to go out every day and bring your lunch pail and give, you know, the honest day's work for an honest day's pay, I think that's all any fan wants, and I know that's what any coach wants. You know, he wants you to be able to play extremely hard, uh, to play unselfishly, you know, uh, for the team, and, and, and then just have fun doing it. I mean, that's kind of what we're looking at, and, and when we do that, we're a very good team. And that was Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry. Coming up next, we have, we're going to wrap things up, and we are going to hear from Jeanette Downing, who wrote a children's book featuring Pierre the Pelican. So stay tuned. Hi, Vincent Palumbo here. Terminex is the home of the $650 lifetime termite repair guarantee. Terminex provides termite protection and pest control. Call Terminex for all your pest problems. 834-7330. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious chunky chicken and sausage gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. You're at a dinner party. You're seated next to a loudmouth. Plus, there's no bread. Why is there no bread? Myrtle the Family Chow Chow seems very interested in you. But you're allergic to Myrtle and you left your inhaler at home. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans when Chris Paul and the L.A. Clippers return to New Orleans Friday, December 2nd. Pelicans Fest begins pregame at 5.30. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're going to wrap things up on this chilly Friday morning. We're going to hear a little bit from Jeanette Downing, who wrote the book Petite Pierre and the Floating Marsh in a collaboration with Audubon Nature Institute and the Pelicans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cassie Calvert, and I'm joined today by Jeanette Downing, a New Orleans multi-award winning musician, singer, and author who recently partnered with Audubon Nature Institute and the Pelicans to write a children's book called Petite Pierre and the Floating Marsh. What inspired this book? Oh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm so excited. Um, the book was um, commissioned, like you said, by the Audubon Nature Institute and the New Orleans Pelicans, and um, your partnership with Audubon is about wetlands conservation. So when you guys approached me about writing a book, you said we have two stipulations. We would like it to be about a pelican named Pierre, of course, <laughs> and about the wetlands. So I wrote the story from those two guidelines and came up with a nice little story about a pelican who is a little apprehensive about leaving the nest, but he finds out quickly that through friends and family, is, uh, his home is not that far away. And it's, it's kind of to encourage children to be aware of coastal wetlands restoration and, and what little things that they can do to make a difference in protecting our wetlands. That's definitely an initiative that Audubon Nature Institute and the Pelicans care deeply about. How did you incorporate the focus on coastal restoration to make it easy for children to understand? Well, I wanted to have the pelican, the little pelican. He goes around um, because children like friends, and I wanted him to go around and ask each friend in the wetlands that 
what is your home like? You know, how do I make a home? And I also, I wanted to show the different plants that are in the wetlands and the different animals from the wetlands. So we have a black bear, which is our state mammal, and there's an alligator and a muskrat and all of these different animals that if children took this book and used it as a field guide, they could go to the wetlands and find the animals that are in the book and they could go and pick out the plants that are in the book. So not only is it uh, an entertaining book, but it also could be used for, you know, a, guide, a, a field guide. So that, and, and also at the bottom of the book, like you can read the story, and then at the bottom of each page, there's a fact about either the animal, the plant, or about the wetlands. So I wanted it to be an educational tool and also for enjoyment. Definitely. I love that. And so many children's books are such a good way for kids to learn like information like this. And maybe they don't necessarily realize that they're learning really awesome facts like that. Yes, that's that's the goal. <laughs> just just kind of slip it in there so that they don't realize that they're learning, but they are getting the message. Well, that's just awesome. Where can um, fans purchase the book? They can get it from the Audubon Nature Institute gift shop. Um, right now for the holidays, they're pairing it with a cute little uh, stuffed animal pelican. It's really cute. Or you can get the book by itself. And um, it's just a beautiful book. It was illustrated by Heather Stanley, who works at the Audubon Nature Institute. And it's just she just really captured the wetlands and the animals there so beautifully. So I think it's a perfect gift for the holidays if the families are interested. Definitely. So if you have people that are listening, if you have kids in your families or maybe adults as well, the book is beautifully illustrated. Great story. Like she said, you can learn something. So definitely check that out this holiday season. Thank you so much for joining us, Jeanette. I really appreciate the time and we'll be sure to check out the book. Thank you so much. And that was Jeanette Downey. Great interview by Cassie. Good job. (laughs) Um, Again, it is Pelicans game day. The Pelicans take on the Clippers tonight. Star Wars night. Movie King Center. Yeah, Star Wars night. Please come in costume. And Bree's never seen the movies. It's fine. She's like really salty towards me because I haven't seen any Star Wars movies. Homework. I'm telling you. Next week, report back all of the movies. I think it would take you like a solid 24 hours to watch all of them. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I feel like every time I'm on the show, I always get movie homework. Like how I always have to watch You've certain yet to movies. to do it, so <laughs> okay. this, is, this is your chance. I mean, I know character names, so that's, go, that's good. So. I think it's going to be really fun. I think it's really <laughs> fun for the kids, really fun for me also. I'm going to have some cool social media things that I will um, spill on and – Lots of characters around, so. So make sure if you aren't already following the Pelicans on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, download the Pelicans app. You'll get lots of fun Star Wars goodies tonight. Tickets are still available. If you don't have them, you can go to pelicans.com or you can call 504-525-HOOP. And then the Pelicans also hit the road and play against Oklahoma on Sunday at 6 p.m. You can watch on Fox Sports New Orleans or listen on WRNO 99.5. So after you check out the Saints on Sunday, we'll have Pelicans basketball for you as well. Great sports weekend in New Orleans. Definitely. And that Saints game, again, is at noon against the Detroit Lions in the Superdome. So go watch the game. Hopefully cheer on a victory. And then go and watch the Pelicans play Oklahoma. It'll be a great Sunday. And that's all we have for you today. So have a great weekend, and we will see you next week on the Black and Blue Report. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.